Now then, let's you and I get a few things straight. My name is Bella Yaga. I'm a witch. Great! You agree that you'll teach me magic, and I agree to help you out. If you work really hard, I shan't do anything to hurt you. A love potion for the boy next door? All of these are pretty useless to me. The spell I believe you're looking for is somewhere towards the back. Hang on, you actually talk? Of course I do, just not very often. In this household, there's one rule that's crucial. You must on no account for any reason ever dare disturb the Mandrake. Don't be rude. A hole left by a witch can only be filled by a witch. Hello, welcome to this What Do You Want to Watch spoiler cast, the Studio Ghibli's latest film, Earwig and the Witch. I'm Ashley Hobley. Joining me today, Dylan Blight. Hello, happy to be here to talk about anime, anime, animation, Japanese animation. Mm. Yep. Jama- mm. J- Japanese mm. CGI animation. Mm. Yep. And I'm also happy to have, be able to talk about some anime, my good friend, Kieran Martin. I don't like it, the fact that this is the anime we're talking about. Like, this is it's disappointing. Dylan just needs to watch Attack on Titan. Like, I was about to make a joke about that, but you got <laughs> just this. Watch, just watch all of Attack on Titan for me so I can talk about it when Season 4 ends. Thank you. All right. Please be aware we will be freely discussing anything and everything about the plot, themes, and ending of the film. So if you haven't watched it, come back later or prepare to listen to a lot of Nanensu. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll tell you why that joke's funny. Uh, so with that said, let's jump to our discussion of Earwig and the Witch, directed by Goro Miyazaki, screenplay by Kieko Niwa and Imi Junji, based on Earwig and the Witch by Diana Wynne-Jones, featuring in Japanese Kokoro Hirosawa, Shinobu Terajima, Etsushi Toyokawa, Gaku Hamada, Shirini Munoff, and Yu- Yuji Yuida. Uh, and in, in English, <laughs> Taylor Page Henderson, Vanessa Marshall, Richard E. Grant, Dan Stevens, Casey Musgraves, and J.B. Blank. Uh, important distinction because I watched the film in the native Japanese with subs. Uh, oh, Dylan, I'm so jealous. Dylan, how'd you watch it? <laughs> so I watched it dubbed and like, let's just get in. Kieran also watched it dubbed. But I just want to say that last night when we recorded a different show and I mentioned a I don't I can't remember how it came, but I mentioned I had to watch it dubbed, and I just want to know whose decision and why it was that it appears that Village decided to do dub because I that's where Kieran went yeah. as well, and then Ash, what's it? What what theater? Ch- I went to an go? event like, cinemas, yeah. which is just so the equivalent I'm, of the Village. But I'm gonna say America, that's the. Queensland. I think say it's because you're not in like a big city. I just think, but also at the same time, I think it's a decision based off of. Um, well, for for my showing, it was a lot of like not a lot, but there was a couple groups of small families going. Yeah, um, lots of and children. I think, yeah, and I think it's easier to get children to go if it's dubbed, even if the lip flaps are the like fucking so bad. Like they were just like the the sync with the or with the voice was just oh, it was so off putting the yes. entire time. I found it. So I did find it so weird though because my cinema pre- previously for like um. I can't remember. What the, what the fuck is that Rain movie called? That was the last anime movie Withering I watched with in you. cinema. Weathering with you. That was uh, 
subbed, right? So it, it but wasn't that was like most a... likely because when it was initially released, it didn't do they didn't do dub. A lot of those types of movies they don't do a dub. All they don't later. do a dub until until the they DVD release in America release because mm. they're heathens. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yes, they say nonsensu, which is Japanese for nonsense. I assume they say nonsense in there. Uh, it's the lady possibly. at the start. It's just maybe I don't you know. Just... Okay, let's kick it off. Kieran, what'd you think of the film? Was that like I don't It felt so weird, right? It was such a weird movie to watch. And I know Ashley <laughs> when we recorded some other stuff last night, Ashley had a look in his face when I was like, I'm gonna go see it tomorrow and he's like, uh, okay. And um that didn't have any of the studio ghibliness that I love. Other than maybe the cat, Thomas. Was like the only part that I was like, oh, the little demons as well. I was like, that's a bit Ghibli. But it didn't have any of the Ghibli. I think Ghibli, I think when I was looking through it, a lot of the times where Ghibli tries to do things that is either set or located, not in a Japanese setting, something always feels off. And this nah, felt, a lot no. of their movies are set in UK, like primarily set like in Like Porco Rosso? Porco Rosso's Italy. Yeah. Uh, Kiki and the Kiki's whatever the fuck. Oh, okay, no, no, no. Okay, no. Sorry, sorry. I will give you that. Sorry, that's my. Even um, even the other book from Diane. Um, what's it? Moving Castle. Tales from Earth. Yeah, How's Moving Castle. I was trying to think of it, but I mean that's set in the UK as well. So there's there's a lot. All right, I'll take that back. I'll retract that statement. But at the same time, I just feel like this movie. If this movie's based on a book, what is this like? Well, I'd love to see what this, the narrative of this book is because this movie feels unfinished. Like, it it largely feels unfinished. It sets up a some like it starts with an opening, and you're like, okay, she's running away from these people in the yellow car. Um, she has to put her child in adoption. Cool, whatever. That storyline doesn't unfold. <laughs> cool, whatever, <laughs> like whatever, like that, that storyline just does not unfold at all for the rest of the movie. Like, like, literally, mo- like, it's just a movie about nothing, honestly. And, like, the, the Ewig character is, like, not, g- like, good. I don't, like... And if, we, if you've listened to previous episodes of Studio Ghibli's Animated Wonders on your podcasting services from here, ExplosionNetwork.com, um, you'd know that Kieran is not particularly a big fan of Ghibli films, of which the plot is... Slice of Life. Nothing. Slice of Life, thing is, yes. so this, I wouldn't call this Slice of Life... Slice of fantasy life. It's certainly half a slice of life. <laughs> but, like, it's not... But the thing is, right, it isn't set like a slice of life. There's no... The narrative isn't written in the way... That, I would, You know what? I'd be less, like, disappointed in what I watched if it was set as slice of life. Because I'd understand what I'd get. But there was this whole setup of, like, she's being chased by this yellow car that has teeth. Oh, fucking hell, really cool. She has to, She's being chased by these witches. It's like, there's no world building done at all to explain what the witches mean, what's magic in this world, yada yada yada. It's just very, I don't know, it feels like this is supposed to be like a part one of a several part movie, and it doesn't explain that very well. Yes. Well, I'll put some clarification in here. Uh, obviously, it's based on the book by uh, Diane, Willie, Diane Wynne-Jones. Uh, it was released 2011. Uh, she passed away early 2011. Um, it's a young children's novel, um, or picture book. Um, so there could have potentially been more books in the series. Uh, I just brought it. 
she unfortunately <laughs> passed away. So there's no, you know, uh, no telling what the future would have held. Uh, another important distinction before we continue is this was set. This is a TV film. It wasn't s- made specifically for the right. theatrical. Yes, it released at the end of 2020 in Japan on a TV station, and it was a co-production right. between that TV channel and Ghibli. Right. Yes. Okay. And the only other TV film Ghibli have on their resume or filmography was, uh, is Ocean Waves, which yeah, okay. was not rated very highly by us here at the Explosion Network. Uh, with all those added, Dylan, what do you think of *Ghibli and the Witch*? Um, well, I just got done writing my review, so I can just read you my final paragraph here since I have it open. Um, Earwig and the Witch is not Studio Ghibli's worst film. It's certainly not Goro Miyazaki's worst film either. However, it is such a forgettable movie in a production line of highly memorable, loved, and discussed films. This is just a rock skiing across the ocean, and it doesn't even make it to the other side. It just cuts to the credits before it gets there. <laughs> <laughs> um so i mean there was there was things i enjoyed about it to a degree like it took me it was a bit abrasive to get into um so i i like the opening but like i I say at the start of my review that (laughs) you watch it's it's better going into this movie just going like forget everything from that first five minutes in fact i think this movie would be better if it just started if they cut the opening as 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 cool as the opening is like it's exciting like which she fucking froze worms on the windshield you know like that's all cool but i think by the time you get to the end of the movie and you know you find out that none of that's actually important or what this movie is even about like this movie's got magic but it's not even about the magic so the fact that the movie starts with that i think just sets the movie up for its own destruction and i think the movie would have been better just completely deleting that scene not setting your mind up to wonder because in the first five minutes it introduces all these questions it goes Cool witch lady of red hair. Who the fuck is she? I want to know more about her. She leaves a note that says, I'm trying to run away from the 12 witches. Your brain goes, 12 witches? Is that some like secret witch coven in England? I want to know more about that. That sounds cool. So for the rest of the movie, you're like, when are we going to... And they like, keep wh- mentioning the witches yeah. every now and then. It's like... Yeah, so it's... it's. I think the movie would have been better without all of that. And you could have still done, you know tease that she was from a witch and stuff like but just having that on your mind just kind of makes it hard also i thought that earwig slash erica whatever the whatever part of the film we're talking about when we talk about her but um she's just a very abrasive character like she's very um you know i wouldn't say she's she's not like a it sounds weird to say because her whole thing is like she likes controlling everyone or or whatever and you know she wants to get away but not in like a it's sort of sport brat way, but not quite crossing it's the line. It's a very like, manipulative way. Like, yeah, but not like, like she's not like an evil. She's character. not like a sociopath. Just, yeah. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it, and, and that kind of finds it. I find that hard to get with at first. But and interestingly, by the by the time I was starting to understand her, I guess, and you get towards the end of the movie, and I'm starting to think, oh, she's just a, in reality, she's just a girl who's probably been longing for a family and has sort of covered up that pain with uh trying to control everyone and like you know like uh, by the 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 time i'm thinking about that and having those cogs screw through my head then she opens up the door her mum's there and it cuts the credits and i go right so just as the movie is getting interesting like just yeah exactly (laughs) exactly where it's like oh so we're we're gonna start diving into who her mother is and what the go with the witches is and we start finally learning about what's the dynamic between the mandrake and the um other witch and 
what's going on there? And then it's just like, oh, that that's, that's the end. Okay. Yeah, yes. it is. I think I wrote... <laughs> I, wasn't my, I can't remember my exact line. I think my exact line in my review was something like, the credits come at you like a 4x4 four four running a red light and just across the, across the road or something. I actually do not think that I've been so whiplashed by having a credit sequence to start in a movie as I as I did when, this, when they started in this. And literally, I've been saying, I nearly tweeted this, but I thought I'd just save it for my review and or this podcast. But literally, there's only like five people in the cinema with me and I'm at the very front. The credits start rolling. I think it's like 10 seconds and they hadn't even turned the lights back on because I think even the person in the projection is like, oh shit, it's over. Like, oh, 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 what's going on? But I, uh, silence, no, they need silence. The, they need the lights down so you can see the beautiful yeah, credit okay. sequence. Sure. Um, <laughs> credits rolling. 10 seconds pass. Dude at the very back goes, is that it? And I think everyone else <laughs> in the center, including me, just went, yeah, I mean, you, you spoke for all of us, really. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, no. I agree. I think the thing that came to my mind when I was mulling it over was that was a really good pilot. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward yep. to seeing the rest of the series. Uh, and, and maybe that's the future for <laughs> for this, potentially. I mean, maybe that's when this... they went to CG animation because they plan to do... CG is just... How I'm about for... we talk... I'll, I'll just finish yeah. my thoughts. Yeah, uh, sorry, sorry. I, I enjoyed it. Overall, I think it was an enjoyable experience while you were watching it, but it doesn't really resonate or last very long. It's kind of fine. Uh, again, like you said just before, it's not Goro Miyazaki's worst work by any mile. Um, I think there are inventive ideas and some cool animations in segments, uh, but uh, yeah, it's just missing that magic. And I'll just say, I don't think it would have been vastly improved by having it in 2D animation. No, the, the least of its problems is the animation. It is a script problem, first and foremost, and um, just it's the, what's on paper is the problem. Like The, the animation style I found kind of hard at first to get into, but then 10 minutes passed, and I was like, what? I, I wasn't even thinking about it anymore. You know, like it had that, that sort of weird hump to, to get over. But um, And yeah, as much as I'm sort of shitty on it, I would say for the most part, I was into it like not loving it but I, w- I wasn't bored i was intrigued i was questioning I, I, I you know i'm like who's the mandrake is this are they really evil they're kind of having slave labor here with this young child that's kind of fucked up where's that gonna go <laughs> it's like but the thing is like lots of the more interesting questions i have like they're secretly witches in hiding or whatever but then also p- random humans are just ringing up just straight up asking for potions for the most mundane stuff. Please, can I have some more information about that? You know, like, all the, the mo- more interesting things I had never touched on in the movie. But, like, even yeah. just the, the relationship between the Mandrake and the Witch, where I'm like, wait, you guys are what, friends. Baba Yaga, and- Baba. Yeah, Baba Yaga and... Well, both witches, but mainly Baba Yaga and the Mandrake, where I'm like... Belly where Yaga, at first sorry. you're like... Yeah, where, you, where first I'm like, oh, okay, um... You guys are in some kind of dynamic where she seems like she's working for him or is bound also to that house or something. But then you get to the point where it's like, no, they're in a band together and she was the drummer and he was the the keys. And you're like, wait, what? Where where is this dynamic spawn from then? Like, why is she so almost subordinate to him? It's just very... Like, there's just a lot of, like, weirdness to a lot of the dynamics. I think that might be a... uh, uh, cultural thing as well because i believe it's not an uncommon thing for people who not necessarily are in a relationship but live together 
like dead mm. roommates. So because uh, I wanted like, an answer to this while we're recording, I couldn't help myself. I just flicked through the first <laughs> part of the book here. Um, and the book does not start with the motorcycle car chase. The book just starts with that morning when she's getting um, adopted. And when she goes up to her room to collect her stuff, she finds the note saying, oh, 12 witches. But it doesn't have a flashback and it doesn't explain it at all so far. So, so that already... Was added. Yeah. yeah, it seems. And already I'd say this is my preferred way to tell the story because having the note makes you go, oh, that's a bit interesting. But it's not as... That opening sequence just... It grabs you too much. Like, it's too much, too intriguing. Whereas the note's just, hmm, you know, like slightly intriguing. Even stuff down to, like, when she goes into the garage, catacomb whatever that place was, and she sees the yellow car. And mm. I was like, oh, this is interesting. They were the people that were chasing after the um, red-haired witch. Cool. I'm, I'm looking forward to, like, it, them explaining why they were chasing after the red-haired witch. Or, like, because clearly that wasn't, like, a um, a friendly chase or anything like that. Like, there was clearly, like, the mouth on the car was trying to, like, gnash or eat at, the, at her bike. It's like, I don't understand anything mm. like i can't even read between the lines and kind of try and build my own understanding logic. or connect logic or connect dots with anything it's just there's was, a missing gap there. of information that's never explained yeah all right so i just skipped to the end of the book <laughs> <laughs> and spoilers for the not, book i guess spoilers for the book uh it does not end with the mother knocking on the door it seems to end with kind of what we got in the movie, which is that she's in bed, like she's just ordered breakfast, uh, custard's here, they're all friends, it seems. What I'm gathering from my quick scan of the couple of pages here is that it's got to the stage where everyone in the house is friendly like we saw in that jump ahead of time, custard's there chilling at the house, she's now got this family, everyone's getting along. So to me, the book seems more like it is just straight up what I thought the movie was trying to be about, which is about a, a young girl just finding... A family amongst the weirdest of places. But yes, you yeah. need to read it so you can get the middle bit. That I'm going to read it. I'm yeah. going to read it. It's it's only like, it's only also, apparently it's only like an hour or something. Free, yeah, it's so, yeah. it's fucking short. So yeah, it was seven bucks by the way. If anyone you... wants. To read. <laughs> Did you ever feel like I've never like for for character progression or for them for their characters to grow? It wasn't natural progression by any. It was almost like earwig kind of just forced them to jump to the stage of like let's be like let's be happy with each other like the witch clearly doesn't want to teach her magic still and she immediately runs up and hugs her and you're like what like yeah what? because that's like- she's a master manipulator i gotta be honest one of the biggest you saw how I she had, had the matron around her finger at the start of the film yeah one of the biggest questions i have and i can't find it just flicking through that many pages but i did not see any mention of music in what i just flicked through there the first couple change page uh chapters so I am legit wondering if the music part was actually added for the movie. And if that's the case, what is the connecting factor used for the Mandrake in the book? And because obviously in the movie, they use the music as the connecting part to have the Mandrake like her as a child or whatever else. Even though the thing I found the weirdest, because I, I didn't love the music stuff. It kind of seemed like whatever. It's was, it was just a bit weird. But honestly, it, it, if I was to redo it, maybe this is what the book does, but... I would have just had her really just be into reading, much how you see her reading at the start with Custard, and then the connecting factor between her and the Mandrake is uh, uh, their love for reading, which they sort of tease in the movie, but she's always sort of just shitting on his stuff. But I'm like, isn't that enough and could have been a cool, like, sort of connecting moment for 
Mandrake and, and her. Not the, no. I don't know, the music <laughs> stuff just seemed a bit, because the music stuff seems there to explain the red-haired mother more. Like, it's nothing, it's nothing, you know what I mean? Like, it, it seems, I don't know. Or just to be a point of being like, oh, this is way more connected. Look at all these connections. They were all in yeah. our band. I feel like I should mention again, Goro Miyazaki was the one who directed this. You also directed Tales from the OC, which was yes. vastly different to the original source material. Yes. Uh, so. No, that's... They're just, there was other things that just didn't line up. Like There was the scene where um, she's playing the music and the Mandrake starts looking through the walls at her. And for the most of the, for the rest of the scene, the two glowing red eyes are like in the walls looking at her. And then during that part, she talks with the cat about um, making the anti magic potion, and then skips off to break into the thing. And I'm like, wait, does she just not give two fucks that this Mandrake's watching? Or he's not gonna do anything. Like, it's pretty obvious to her at this point. <laughs> I will say, Four, I know, uh, yeah. you know, me and Karen have different experience of the voice actors to you but i thought richard e grant did a he, he did a good job as the I, he the was the first character i liked i really liked the mandrake the mandrake's like, great i was like this is a cool character i like his abilities i like what he's trying to do i like how he gets embarrassed he just heats up and gets yep. yeah like, it's quite, like it's quite i different. like how he starts calling her deer wig and stuff i'm like that's really wholesome and cute he likes like pie that. and fish mm-hmm. Basically, just order, he, he orders food from the most random places, not like actual restaurants or takeaway stores. He's like, get them from the the news agency by the subway station. <laughs> like, <laughs> I want you to get some uh, toasted bread from Scouts in the forest. Yeah. yeah. Fuck, fuck them if they need to that bread <laughs> to survive. Uh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. So let's touch on the art style. Obviously, a very much a departure from the Studio Ghibli art style. Kieran, I'm guessing you have strong opinions. Oh, not strong opinions. It's just like, I don't feel, I feel like I don't, the Studio Ghibli, stuff with Studio Ghibli just didn't transfer into this style of art with like, like stuff like the cook who was cooking the shepherd's pie back at the, um, the orphanage. His massive nose is a very typical kind of Studio Ghibli thing because They've just always been Ghibli. I feel like that's just any anime. The chef always has a giant nose, or the or a sailor. Like it's chefs, sailors. (laughs) In like in the Studio Ghibli, like old former like two D art style. That's a very, it's a normal character design. It looks charming. In this one, it looked a bit weird. Where I was like, "What's the what's the go here? That looks a bit odd." There. Um, My biggest thing is I don't know if it's just. Ghibli didn't want to put the time in to do it, or the voice actors didn't do it very well, or the um, CG is not as easy to do as much as 2D is, but the Again, lip flaps with the... It was a cheaper production. Like, yeah, I it feel was like a cheaper production. Yeah. I have but, a hunch it's, yeah, op- it's, it's the last option. I think it's harder to do with uh, 3D Yeah, I, I don't think that's 2D. the case. Um, I mean, I've never seen... A studio uh, animated, see three D animated film in another language before, but, but I can't imagine that would sync up great. Do you know? Um, but yeah, I, I, did. I, yeah, I was trying to think if I have because I found it the I found the lip syncing the worst at the start, and I'm not sure if it got better as it went on or I just got used to it. But you got used to it because the, 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 the opening scene where they're walking up the tower, I was like, "Yep, this seems like seconds off from what they're actually saying." Yes. But, yeah, um, where like. The um, <laughs> Japanese character like would be saying like a very long sentence, and the English would be like 
half as long and it's yeah. like what is what is going on like it was just that was probably the worst part of it for me was just the lip syncing and um just how off it looked with the character models that kind of held the art style back for me i think i'll tell you one thing though i do want to put in here so as i said i, I found this this the cg art style perfectly fine for knowing it was a tv cheaper production right I do want to though, because I, so Goro Miyazaki's thing he did before this, he did a TV, uh, a, a, an anime series called, I just had to double check the title here, Runja the Robber's Daughter, right? So this was a co production of Studio Ghibli and uh, Polygon Pictures and NHK, right? So this is a Studio Ghibli TV show, or at least a co production Studio Ghibli thing. And Goro directed that, and this is a CG. CG anime and from all the reviews i've seen for this everyone says it's like good to pretty good like from from what i've seen so i definitely would like to check this out to go okay like is it cg just is a thing that ghibli just doesn't go well with or is it a, a, a dependent on time and budget and I think what you're trying a to combination make of it them trying to blend the studio yeah. ghibli's art style yeah well to this so the the Hayao Miyazaki short, oh fuck, I forget the name of it. The one he did it like five years ago. Hayao Miyazaki did a short that was all CG, and that looks great. But I also think like everything else he does, he took like ten years to make it. So again, like any and all animation, CG is quicker, but still you don't get good anime. You know, like Disney movies take years and years and years. That you know what I mean? Like and they. They look fantastic for a reason. So I, I think, I think CG CG animation the the cheaper and more rushed it is, the cheaper and more rushed it'll look. You know, so I I wouldn't say I have a preference for what Studio Ghibli animation studio should use. It's just like if a thing looks, you know, like you can draw a shitty picture, you can CG animate a shitty picture. You know, so it's like, okay. but yeah, I think mostly it was fine. Like obviously that first scene looked great. Uh, animated pretty well i think it's the hair that is the thing that stands out for me well just uh, the character designs in general just felt kind yeah. of weird They're just the I hair that, just doesn't look natural all right since you mentioned that opening scene i just remember i thought the lighting in that opening scene was really good like the the headlights mm. and everything like that just stood out to me of, of looking really uh just like realistic lighting coming off the headlights and everything so with the hair when she was, like, in her, like, after she'd had a shower or when she was in her pajamas or something late at night where it was all kind of all over the place, oh. it felt like they tried to do what they would normally do with, like, the, the when other characters in 2D have had, like, messy but kind of wet hair, yeah. but just tried to make that in this 3D style and it just didn't work properly. Um, that just, yeah, it's it's almost like they were trying to bring the Studio Ghibli style into this 3D animation. And I just don't think it translated well. I think it just lost a lot of the charm and lost a lot of the um, lovability that a lot of the characters have mm. in the 2D art style. Yeah. Which made it even harder to watch those credits because they're beautiful 2D water painted sequences, whatever. Uh, art cards, or whatever. Uh, so, touching on our Studio Ghibli animated wonders. Uh, questions and things that we would normally do uh what do you think of the themes from here we go the witch i i 
I think it's, it's as simple as I've said before. I, I, I believe it's supposed to be a, a rather simple story about a, a, a child finding a family. Like, I think it is as plain on paper as Oliver fucking Twist is to a degree. You know, like, it's an orphaned child finding a new family. I, th- I honestly feel like the theme and story is that simple because it's based on a young child children's novel that is meant to be that simple. I don't think yeah. there's anything too complicated thematically here. Yeah, I tend to agree. I don't think there's like or just like finding stuff you didn't expect to find or, you know, oh. pretty normal Ghibli standard stuff. Um yeah. Um okay. Kieran, who's your favorite character? Mandrake. I think Mandrake was just like I I I I appreciated him as a character more. Um I think he got the most time to develop as a character and show a lot more likability to his character. Um whereas the witch really didn't get that chance. Um, I feel kind of meh about Ewick's character herself because I, I guess it's so far and devoid of what we really do. Like, what child, when they get clearly put into a place where they're going to be used as a slave, is instantly like, rather than like, hey, I'm going to try and find a decent way to peace out and like, I need to get out of here, is more like, that's fine. I'm going to work out how to get you both in my back pocket and then I'm good. Like, it's just like... Um, well, I mean, I think that's the, at the start, well, she's like... She doesn't realize she's trapped, and she's like, oh, you're a witch. All right, teach me magic, and I'm going to trick her into teaching me magic. Yeah, and it's not fair. until the ne- the ne- that night or whatever that she actually discovers she can't even open the window or anything like that, so... And the front door's missing again. Or, yeah, no, fr- yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, she doesn't know that when she first gets there, and is like, oh, I've got the perfect plan. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Dylan, who's your favorite character? Mandrake, come on. We're, I feel like we're all three for three. Yeah, I think one. I think it's three for three for the Mandrake. Uh, <laughs> yeah, pretty, uh, yeah. They just they use him enough. I think they didn't overuse him. I think uh, you know, I very much enjoyed him just walking through walls. Yeah, just uh, being kind of creepy, but also kind even of at the orphanage, which... not caring that <laughs> these kids could potentially see his head going through the door frame. Uh, well, I was yeah. still, I was still, see, I was wondering on like. Is that because Earwig's a witch that she could actually see his magic? Like, sure, you know what I mean? Because otherwise, all the kids well, would have been reacting to him. Like, the thing yeah. is, I thought Custard was like Custard saw something or had a reason to be super scared of the. No, nah, it's just just Custard, scaredy cat. Yeah, maybe. Okay. I will say that, like, Be- uh, Bella Yaga. Yeah, Bella Yaga. I was about to say Baba Yaga, but it's, it's, it's Bella, Bella Yaga, and I only remember that because it sounds like Baba Yaga, but. Um, like she, I think the problem with that character is just she's she oh, no. never gets a moment of being likable. And by the end yep. of the movie, where you're supposed to uh, now understand, she drums that one time that was pretty yeah, cool. That, that one time, yeah. And <laughs> I kind of hate it because like Vanessa Marshall voices her in the English cast, and I'm a Vanessa Marshall fan because she voices Harrison Duller in Star Wars. So, uh, like, I wanted Always to like the character. Back to Star Wars. <laughs> of course it does. Of course it does. Star Wars are fucking furious. I gotta get, gotta get there one way or another. Um, but yeah, no. Obviously, Richard E. Grant did a fantastic job with the voice of the Mandrake in English version. Apparently, whoever whoever voiced the Japanese one uh, made you love him just as much. So it's like Mandrake yep. was written well and acted well in both versions we watched. Okay. Uh, and then, Karen, what's your favorite moment? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I will say it's the end when she's talking about like how much has changed and like the mandrake coming in to see what she wants and like organizing stuff for food and stuff. I thought that was sweet. And when I thought that was the middle of the movie, that was great. 
<laughs> I'm yeah, I'm picking the same scene because I, I I feel like my favorite scene is just where he pokes his head in and, and it's like you know she she orders her food and whatever and then she's when he goes to leave and then she's like well I read the new manuscript and uh like tell she says how great it was and then he get goes all red and fumes up because he's like super embarrassed about hearing how great his book is and then you get that slide of him like uh w- when she goes out for breakfast or whatever it was like. Oh, was it the morning before? Anyway, this whole sequence kind of flows together, but like him reading a ward he won or something in the paper, and then he's like getting all embarrassed over that. Just that whole five minutes right before the credits was was probably the best part of the movie. Uh, also, uh, just sorry, super quickly, Thomas was a really nice. I like Thomas the cat. He was he was okay. Yeah, shout Cool cat decides halfway through the movie to start talking. Like seeing this girl being abused this entire time, and then decides. <laughs> Uh, but spinning off that, I did enjoy the sequence. Of course, I love the the ending of the film. I think it's really a great sequence. Uh, but uh, the other one that kind of stood out to me was them making the uh, potion, the the healer, the protection potion, and uh, earwig, uh, using all their training to <laughs> grind everything up and find everything. Uh, I thought it was pretty well animated and that kind of stuff. And uh, I, it, it, there was something weirdly sas- satisfying about her slopping all that stuff on Thomas. Like, I thought that was not animated recently. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was kind of gross, but I suppose that was, yeah, <laughs> the animation doing its job, plus the sound effects. Yep. Uh, <laughs> so, do you, what do you think is the future of Studio Ghibli? Are we going to see more smaller projects like this to keep the studio running while Hayao Miyazaki continues to work on his final film? We assume. I'm going to assume so because I, I don't, I couldn't find it, but I remember seeing some news story that said that this got quite, you know, obviously got quite a high viewer number in Japan when it aired. So, like, and that's, that would, that would have been the important factor of the pudding. Yeah. So I'm going to say yes. CG's probably open for Ghibli at this stage between this and that TV series I was talking about, where even though that was, these are both co production, this movie and that TV series. So, Plus, as I said, Hayao Miyazaki did that short, so they've definitely opened up that gate now. It's it's not like they're kind of testing it. It's like, oh, co-production TV series. Now we've done a co-production movie with CG. It's like, well, okay, it's off to the races now, and and, and fair enough to a degree because honestly, I, I it it was like if they don't do this, the studio is probably just going to either close, never make anything again. Or maybe Hayao Miyazaki finishes his film and that was supposed to be the last thing. But I'm I'm hoping they've got to a stage now where they would rather the studio's legacy continue. Because I because especially when we talked about that documentary, it definitely felt like Hayao Miyazaki especially just he would have rathered he would have rathered the studio Well, I don't know, like it felt like he would have rathered ju- just have ends, it closed yeah. yeah, on on him and uh say a Takahata's like sort of high, uh, Takashi, sorry, high and these sorts of things. And n- n- not him being like, was right, sorry, I don't know. You, you're the, you're, you're the boss. Come on. Don't, don't, don't fuck me up from yeah, getting it right, right the Take, first time. Thank, yeah. Okay, thank you. That's damn right. I, 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 I did enough of the goddamn podcast episodes. I should remember the director's names. Yeah. Um, even <laughs> if I can't say them all correctly, I'm sorry. Um, like it, it feels like he wanted the studio to kind of just wrap up on their high, you know, like, and not from a like, Oh, no one else can do it. We can, but just like you know, like I just my legacy is there and whatever. But I'm hoping they've sort of changed their note now and be like, you know what, Studio Ghibli is 
Japan's Disney and there's no reason for it not to continue and try new things and, you know, expand and bring in new, new talent and whatever. I do think one of the biggest problems though is that one guy who was supposed to be the, the next horse in the in the Ghibli race went off and started his own studio and made that um uh witch movie, whatever it was called. We talked about that yeah. one what do you want to watch? Uh, uh, Mary and the Witch, I think, right? Mary and the Witch, yeah. There you go. Yeah. So I feel like that was supposed to be their golden horse, but then he left left them to start his own. Yeah, to start studio studio. Chronic, yeah. yeah. So uh yeah karen do you have th- any thoughts on the future of studio ghibli um it's i guess it's always hard because with studio ghibli at the at the minute there's such a focused team so they're generally only ever focusing on like that one project or um and i i haven't heard of anything about what ghibli's doing with during like the pandemic and stuff i know japan has it as a whole very under control um so i it's, I'm just, I'm looking for somebody at Ghibli to kind of take the reins a little bit and steer it in a direction and kind of push down that direction and do a full movie again. I understand this was now that through this, knowing that that's a, it's just supposed to be a TV movie, pushing through and finding out what is the next thing for Ghibli? What are the next characters? Well, um, Hayao Miyazaki's next movie is called How Do You Live? We know currently that. Currently slated 2023. So Yeah. We know he's been working on it for years. You can find um, key art, I guess, or like you can you can find concept art for that that has been released. You can find out what it's about because it's based on a novel, even though presumably he's going to change the plot qu- quite a lot. But if, if you want to look up the 1930 or 40 novel, whatever it is, um, you can. I've, I've done that. Um, you, you can't find too much about it because I think it's a Japanese novel, but I mean, you can, you can Google around. Uh yeah, I'm hopeful that they do other s- projects, like even like again co-productions with other companies. They did that Red Turtle film, uh, a few years back with a French studio, I believe, from memory. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So hopefully they continue to go on. I can't imagine that they would like full on shut everything, especially with like the the uh the museum and all the money they make off merch and that kind of stuff. I can't believe. I don't know who's in control of the studio Ghibli. Like, is there a board or, uh, <laughs> you know, know, what is the, the, the business structure of that company? But yeah, um, I'm hopeful. I mean, I w- would you guys be opposed to them doing a second Earwig film? Do you think know. that's um, that's on the cards? I don't want it. I don't think so. You don't want to explain who the red lady is? I think, I think it's like by the time it comes out, I won't care for it to be explained. Mm-hmm. But then you'll be able to watch the first film and then go to the no. second film. No, I don't want to watch that movie again. <laughs> <laughs> wow. There you go. All right. Uh, so, <laughs> at the end of our Studio Ghibli's Animated Wonders uh, series, we did our full rankings of our Studio Ghibli films uh, from 21 to number one. Oh. Uh, now we've got 22 Ghibli films. So I've asked the guys to uh, readjust their lists with this new film. Re- insert that in somewhere. So, uh, Kieran, do you want to kick us off with your your list? With my list, okie dokie. 22, with my neighbor, the U Martyrs. 21 is Tales for Mercy. 20 will be um, Earwig and the Witch. And then I think the rest of my list is as normal, which follows as... Only Yesterday, Ocean Waves, Pompoko, The Tale of Princess Kaguya, Castle of the Sky, 
Secret World of Arietti, The Cat Returns, When Marnie Was There, Kiki's Delivery Service, Princess Mononoke, Grave of the Fireflies, My Neighbor's Totoro, The Wind Rises, Whisper of the Heart, Porco Rosso, From Up on Poppy Hill, Ponyo, Howl's Moving Castle, Spirited Away. Okay. Uh, Dylan, wait. What's your new list look like? All right, my top, my from twenty-two, top twenty-two, well, twenty-two Ghibli films ranked. Number number twenty-two, the worst Ghibli film, worst Goro Miyazaki film, Tales from Earthsea. Twenty-one, Ocean Waves. Twenty are featured in Earwig and Witch. There, so as uh, amongst all the complaining, it's it's not even the worst. It's not the second worst. It's not even the worst straight to TV movie according to me. That title still goes to Ocean Waves, and I rank this slightly above it. Uh, 19, I'll finish out my list. Uh, by the way, in case you haven't already, if you're listening to this on What Do You Want to Watch feed, if you want to find out why all these movies we're talking about got ranked the way they are, you should go listen to our podcast. It's Geo Ghibli's Animated Wonders. Uh, 19, My Name of the Amadas. 18, The Cat Returns. 17, From Up on Poppy Hill. 16, Pompoko. 15, Castle in the Sky. 14, The Secret World of Ariadne. 13, How's Moving Castle. 12, Whisper of the Heart. 11, When Marnie Was There. 10, The Tale of Princess Kaguya. Nine, Poco Rosso. Eight, The Wind Rises. Seven, Grave of the Fireflies. Six, Kiki's Delivery Service. Five, Princess Mononoke. Four, Only Yesterday. Three, Ponyo, Black Sam. Two, My Neighbor Totoro. And one, Spirited Away. Okay. Interesting. All right. My list. You're going to have it at like 10th or some shit. You're going to have fucking Grave of Fireflies <laughs> below it. And then me and Karen are coming over to fucking Queensland. We're going to stab you through the fucking face. Yeah, we really are. <laughs> like, it's fucking... It is like... Ugh. 22, Tales from Mercy. 21, Grave of the Fireflies. 20, Ocean Waves. I fucking hate you so much. You're a piece 19, of shit. 19, My Neighbor <laughs> the Martyrs. Uh, 18, The Cat Returns. 17, Here We Go the Witch. Wow. 16, Castle in the Sky. 17, fuck yeah uh 15 when marley was there 14 pompoko 13 the secret world of Ariety. 12 only yesterday 11 from up on poppy hill 10 the wind rises nine spirit away eight my neighbor totoro seven whisper of the heart six the tale of princess kagoya uh five kiki's delivery service four porco rosso three ponyo two house moving castle and one the proper answer princess mononoke um so yeah go back listen to studio ghibli's animated wonders i guess specifically listen to the uh, Grave of the Fireflies episode because that apparently that's a lot of fun. If you, there's that one review people. we've got on the podcast where this guy's like, these people fucking hate Japanese people and this podcast sucks. And I'm pretty sure it's because that guy got to the episode two where you ash shat <laughs> all over fucking Grave of Fireflies and this guy left a raging I said, review. <laughs> I pointed out one major problem with the film uh, that ruined it, <laughs> took me out of it completely, and just lost me the entire time. Uh, but yes, uh, yeah, I guess that brings us to the end of this, uh, what do you want to watch by the cast? Let us know what you thought of Earwig and the Witch, uh, or what your rankings are for the Studio Ghibli films, or what you want to hear us do a spoiler cast for by going to, uh, f- t- telling us on Twitter by going to explosion.com slash Twitter, or you can let us know on our Discord by going to explosion.com slash Discord, leave us a review on Twitter, Apple Podcasts or on Podchaser, or if you like the show and you thought it was worth a dollar, head on over to our Kofi page at explosionnetwork.com slash support and buy us a coffee. Thank you very much for listening. And until next time, keep watching stuff, I guess. It's like I knew that hurt was coming, but you still fucking said it. <laughs>